Hello and welcome to Face Off on France 24. Marine Le Pen has finally broken a glass ceiling. Not in France, but in Lebanon. For the first time, the far-right leader was received by a foreign sitting president and head of government. She hopes it will boost her international credentials and propel her to the Elysee Palace, the presidential palace, next May. In the meantime, with less than two months to go before round one of the election, the left is still struggling to figure out how many candidates it will field in the election. One, two, three, no one knows for sure, but one thing is sure, the clock is ticking fast. With me to discuss the last two months of this presidential race, Philip Turl from our sister radio, Radio France Internationale, and Jean-Marc Gonin with the Figaro magazine. So Marine Le Pen finally made it. After several unsuccessful tries, she was hosted and feeded by the highest authorities in Lebanon, and she clearly didn't mince her delight. Let's take a listen to the far-right leader in Beirut. I am extremely attached to this precious link between France and Lebanon, which has slightly loosened in the last few years and which I intend to consolidate and reconsolidate, and to which I hope to give a future through not only the strong revival of the French language and culture, but also through the development of economic ties between our countries, as we are not just attached by our cultural ties, but also by economic development. Clearly happy, uh, Marine Le Pen. Uh, we've seen those images of her uh, being received at the highest level in a very ceremonial uh, way. She wanted to look presidential, not only in France, but also abroad. And it has been a long time coming for her. Yes, well, you have to see where she's been received. I mean, this is Lebanon. I'm not uh, discarding Lebanon as a small It's important country. politically in it's France. It's politically important, but uh, General Aoun, now President Aoun, is uh, someone who has been a puppet of uh, Syria for a long time. She has been supporting the Syrian government, so uh, their interests merged there, and uh, Mr. Uh, President Aoun was, uh, was pretty uh, eager. She was also received by the Prime Minister, Said Hariri. All right, so, that's so. true, but uh, in, uh, I think the, uh, as a head of state, it's not exactly uh, the glass ceiling. The, the glass was pretty thin. To, to get there for, for Marine Le Pen. It doesn't mean she will be received someday in Germany, in, uh, in Britain, and in Italy, in America, where our strongest allies are sitting. Right. I don't think it really mattered for her because she, she got what she wanted. She got the, the picture of her in Lebanon, the, the, the big cars driving her there, the, the protocol, which makes it look like she's been... Uh, received almost like a, a head of state who's won the election. That's what she was looking which for. Which is what she was looking for. So she got what she went for. What she didn't get was a very warm welcome from uh, the Lebanese authorities, not nearly as warm as, as the one that uh, uh, rival candidate uh, Emmanuel Macron uh, got recently. She was uh, met in this huge, very cold and drafty hall and not given a, a nice, cosy meeting with the president. And he didn't come out and shake a hand outside afterwards for an official photo. So on that front, it wasn't so good. And also, it has to be said that... 
it was a slightly easy bet for Marine Le Pen because Michel Aoun was very friendly with her father, Jean-Marie Le Pen, when he lived in France for 15 yes. years. They met several times. Um, and several members of the, the, the National Front um, actually took part in, in, in the Lebanese uh, civil war and fought alongside the Christian militia. So th there, there are links between uh, the National Front and Lebanon which may have made it slightly easier to open a few doors for her. But she hasn't met Angela Merkel. She hasn't been received by Donald Trump yet, despite trying to do so. And uh, there's no other international head of state who's uh, yeah. willing to actually open the doors and let her in. And she hasn't got a chance to be received in any other Arab country on this planet. When you hear her arguments toward Muslims in France, I doubt she will ever set foot in, a, in an Arab capital well, soon. Especially there, there was also a, a, an incident on, on Tuesday, whether it was prepared or not. Uh, she did not meet the Grand Mufti, Mufti. in Lebanon because she refused to wear uh, the veil. So that's uh, probably also a way for her to score political points here in France, but also probably but abroad it won't help. But I think also they were keen to underline that she's stressed far too much importance on the, the, the migrant situation and made it plain for a lot of people in France that she thinks migrants are all potential terrorists. And I think the Lebanese were keen to stress to her that um, her mix-up of uh, Islam and terrorism and migrants was totally over the top. So they, they weren't that keen to, to be too warm towards her. Right. And while she was there, uh, her par party headquarters uh, were raided. There is an ongoing investigation uh, in France for an alleged uh, fake jobs uh, scam, uh, whereby uh, a number of parliamentary aides uh, to Front National legislators in the European Parliament uh, were working but not properly paid, and this has been an issue. Although in the polls, and we'll see uh, the latest polls, uh, she doesn't seem to be suffering from that investigation. Well, she's, uh, again, uh, we've discussed in the previous weeks, um, her electorate or the people who are intended to vote for her are, are more believers than voters in the sense that nothing harms her. Uh, she is 26 percent of yeah, voting intentions in round one. She's very strong, and also that that base is solid. I mean, those people are determined determined to vote for her. She has the strongest certitude of a certainty of a, of, a, of intention among her voters. So it means that anything she's like Teflon. Anything, uh, nothing harms her. And what's interesting in this also is the fact that I think many people who vote for her or a. a um, Part of her electorate doesn't really want her to be elected president. What they want to do is to vote for her just to, to cause trouble for the uh, traditional parties in France. And, and, and they'd be quite pleased if she wasn't elected, but they don't want any of the other candidates either. So it's a, a protest vote still. And uh, they don't care whether she's got financial problems with the European Union or, or any other problem because uh, that's not important for them. Right. On, on the left, uh, pr very quickly, uh, two of the main contenders, socialist Benoît Hamon and far-left leader Jean-Luc Mélenchon, publicly clashed in recent days, each one accusing the other of uh, reneging at attempts to reach an agreement whereby one of them would withdraw from the presidential race. Let's take a listen to Benoît Hamon, the socialist candidate. For me, the division on the left is a poison, and it can be a fatal poison if we let the right and the far right face one another, especially when we look today at the right-wing project, which is hard, brutal and very conservative, or when we consider the threat that the far right represents for our country. Impossible marriage on, on the left, it seems, uh, but that could doom the left's uh, scant chances of, in the presidential election. Yes, it, it, it will probably, because, uh, but the, the marriage was really impossible because 
Hamon is there to try to revive the Socialist Party, and Mélenchon is there to bury the, the Socialist Party. The, those interests clash, uh, obviously, and there is no way to, to find a common ground there. So they will compete, and the left will, uh, is, is, is doomed to lose. I mean, the, the left they are representing is doomed to lose. Do you, do you agree, or is there maybe a possibility of a last-minute marriage? Let's say between... Benoît Hamon and Jean-Luc Mélenchon, it's mission impossible. And between Jean-Luc Mélenchon and uh, uh, any other candidate, it's mission highly improbable. And between uh, Benoît Hamon and Yannick Jadot of the Greens, that's a mission that's going to be probably probable. So um, uh, I think... Yeah, that but the Greens don't represent... The Greens don't much. really represent very much, but they will, they will unite on that side. That's the easy bit. The difficult bit will be with Jean-Luc Mélenchon. As uh, Jean-Marc says, Jean-Luc Mélenchon is not interested in joining forces with Boudemont Amon. I don't think either candidate is particularly worried about the threat of Marine Le Pen, because they say Marine Le Pen can be taken care of by the François Fillon on the right or by Emmanuel Macron, uh, the centre-right, centre-left candidate. So they are out to protect their party system, Unouamon for the Socialist Party, and Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who wants to destroy the Socialist Party and to create a new far-left movement. So they're neither, going, neither of them are going to really want to join forces with each other, because if, it, if they do, one of them is going to have to stand down from their presidential bid, and neither wants to do that. So it is very, very complicated. So basically, on the left, uh, we have those two candidates, and in the centre, you have Emmanuel Macron. So essentially, the vote on the left is scattered between those uh, three, and it means that in the French system, where only two survive to the second round, it, it makes it impossible because uh, necessarily two of them at least will stay out. No, no, yes, and they are not right now in a position, I mean, Hamon uh, uh, and Mélenchon, to, uh, to uh, reach the tally that's needed to get to the second round. So it's more or less a, a, a contentious, a race to, 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 be the, to get the leadership of the well, left the that's happening is, between the two. The paradox is that if they did come together, you had uh, Mélenchon, Hamon, and uh, you also had maybe Macron and Jadot, then they would completely uh, wipe out the right wing and, and get through and win, win the presidential election. But unfortunately, they can't reach an agreement on that. You think, uh, I mean, there, there's not going to be a deal. I mean, one, one possibility would be uh, Benoit Mont has been progressing in the polls. He's not that high, but he's around 15%. Emmanuel Macron, who's a kind of newcomer, and uh, those who vote for him are not necessarily solidly behind him. They could maybe shift to Benoit Mont. He could maybe... Yeah, again, it's a lot of maybes. Uh, and I think Amont... Uh, incarnates a kind of left that is very difficult to convince uh, Macron's voters. I mean, there is a, there is a difficulty there because he he wants to you know, uh, to uh, um, nationalize things, to have a a very uh, a very a true left wing true left wing program that won't work with the with the other voters. I think. But there's one very important point which I think we need to say, and that is that if for example, Amon did get through to the second round opposite Marine Le Pen. That would be Marine Le Pen's best bet to win the presidential election because people who don't want the socialists to win, people who are fed up with François Hollande, who's been in power for five years, François Hollande isn't even running because he was so unpopular, they're not going to vote for, for Benoît Hamon, and the only person they could vote for would be Marine Le Pen. So that would be her best bet in the second round for winning the presidential election. Well, two months ago, thank you for watching this edition of Face Off. We'll see you next week on France 24.